0: Eternal Dirtles is a podcast brought to you by Hipsters of the Coast and Cast Haven. Zach, how are you?
1: Good, good. Uh, super, uh, super excited about the uh, the podcast this week. We got a, we had a cool kind of uh, uh, assignment for the two of us over the week.
0: Yeah, and in true assignment fashion, I started it today.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, we decided to uh, try and come up with some budget decks. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on over at Hipsters of the Coast and why uh, yeah. we decided to do that?
1: Yeah. So, as most of you guys know, we're a podcast that is. Uh, uh, Sponsored by Hipsters of the Coast in Cass Haven, and um, one of the one of the other uh, Legacy writers, of Hipsters of the Coast, Kate Donnelly, is doing a Legacy Hero uh, article. And so, uh, in in the spirit of uh, Legacy Hero and, and budget, and like sort of an entrance to the uh, Legacy format, Nate and I decided that we were going to create some other Legacy decks that um, you could do at an entry level to uh, make it, you know, make it into the format. So this is a great podcast to share with your friends if they're new to uh to legacy if they're thinking about getting to legacy and they're looking for an entry point this is this is kind of what we're uh what we had planned to do this week
0: right so uh we uh we put up we started with a 400 hundred dollar budget i think and then both of us forgot and did at least one 500 hundred dollar deck but i yeah. think we have five decks in total uh i think before we get started uh i'm actually sharing the decks i want to talk a little bit about the process that we went through mm-hmm. because um you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're an experienced legacy player, and maybe you're either trying to build an extra deck to lend out, um, this might be something that you can relate to, which is that the number one budgetary constraint that I found in building decks was just the raw cost of dual lands. And like, I mean, obviously that that's sort of a well-dub, but it's kind of funny how like the second you um, switch to shock lands, just like the deck prices drop, sometimes by like half, yeah. right? Um, And I think the nice th- the thing for that to understand about that is is again, for the more experienced legacy players is that um, a lot of people might just be scared of they might look at a deck price on the internet, see you know some amount of money, and then you know, be scared off immediately. So, if you have the extra stuff and you want to offer people like you know maybe you can only lend out one extra dual land or something at a time, but that's something that I've been trying to do in Utah uh, since I moved here, where there's not a lot of people with a ton of cards. Sometimes I'll just post it our group before the week before the weekly. Does anyone need to borrow anything? Let me know now, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'll bring what I can.
1: Yeah. Um. The the funny thing is, is that you know, there's t- obviously dual lands sink a lot of the cost of your deck. Um. But there are workarounds, and um. That, that I think especially for the decks that I I built this week, I decided to to deal with the workarounds and to build decks that could play without uh, dual lands. Whereas uh, I think with, with some of the decks that you used, uh, and this wasn't our direct process, but some of the decks that you went for, you just decide like let's just replace the duels with shocks and see how and see if it'll work from there too.
0: Yeah, you used uh, some interesting some interesting lands, and I and I considered some of them, but they didn't really quite work out with what I wanted to do in the deck. Uh, unfortunately, necess- necessarily, but um, uh, you know, I just I, I even tried to get some dual lands in, but I felt that you know, I think the deck that the idea was like, can the deck win, right? Can you yeah. take the deck and like win a couple of rounds? And I, I almost felt like that just, you know what, just having a, the two life wasn't going to matter as much in these couple decks that I built, um, as much as it would to not have like six other cards. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, um, so, uh, so I think, uh, there's there's definitely some consideration when you're when you're trying to get people in the format and helping them with their budget and and using uh you know alternatives to dual lands but uh so I think actually then with that we should start with your budget sneak and show list because that has the most craziness in terms of lands right yeah
1: so you know with sneak and show uh oh, hold on turn that down just a bit so with sneak and show. You uh you have a deck where you're basically just trying to cast uh show and tell and you're either putting sneak attack into play or you're playing uh emmercool or grizzlebrand right so the idea for this deck is you know you want to start early with um you want to start early with uh like a blue land brainstorm try and mold your hand but the the way to win with this deck is that that turn one. Uh, show and tell play where you like show and tell and you get out Emrakul on turn one show and tell get out Emrakul on turn two. And so I built the deck um budget friendly in a way that you can still do this. And the card that Nate's talking about as far as crazy weird lands are concerned is Crystal Vein. Am I wrong?
0: Uh, you're half right. Yeah. Yes, Crystal Vein was definitely one of them. And it's and it's you know one of those things where it's like Yes, if you have Crystal Vein Lotus Petal Show and Tell on the first turn, if they have the counter spell, you're in trouble right? But if they don't, who cares that it wasn't the $180 or whatever City of Traders? Of course.
1: So I decided in this deck that uh, my, so my mana base is uh, four Spire Bluff Canals, four Islands, four Mountains, two Steam Vents, and four Crystal Veins. So I'm rocking uh, 18 lands, and then I have uh, three Grizzle Brand, three Emrakul, four Preordain, four Misdirection. I'm not playing Force of Will because in this deck in particular, Force of Wills are there so that you can force through your combo, and you can do that with uh, with a much cheaper card. So that's a card that you can later on trade into, build, you know, you can build this deck and it can be pretty functional without uh, Force of Wills, uh, especially if you're playing in a meta where you don't have to worry about your opponent like beating you with his combo first. So uh, Misdirections, uh, four Days, three Spell Pierce, two Probe, two gataxian Probe, uh, two, four <laughs> Ponder, uh, four Show and Tell, four Lotus Petal, four Brainstorm, Three sneak attack. That's the main deck, and then the sideboard's two defense grid, two sulfur elemental, uh, three echoing truth, three gut shot, uh, three red elemental blast, and three two pyroblast. So uh, comments.
0: Well, I, I actually like a couple of things you did here. Um, one was having. I, it's kind of funny how Spire Bluff Canal and Crystal Vane are almost a combo. In that you can, you know, you might sacrifice your crystal vein and then yeah. have less than three lands to get your next land untapped. Um, the other thing is that I, I meant to mention we were doing the open and then I, I introduced the, the show and tell deck when I meant to mention this, but we wanted to use legacy cards, right? Yeah. And that's that means that like cards you can only play in legacy ever. So like, you know, deathrite shaman, uh, which appears in one of my decks, and uh, you know, stoneforge mystic, Jace the mind sculptor. Obviously they're they're all legacy cards, but really like they could be unbanned in modern tomorrow, right? And it you know for sure yeah. So in, in, in your deck, the reason we you know you going with show and tell was great is that you get to play show and tell and sneak attack. Those are never going to be in modern, ever. Yeah, <laughs> right? there's no. There's that, just those no are way. Those never coming to modern. Misdirection. You know, even if you want to go that far, it's never going to be a Modern. Lotus Petal, that's never going to be in Modern. So you get to play with some real Legacy cards, and Show and Tell and Sneak Attack in particular just getting reprints. I mean, they came down so much. This deck, you couldn't even build a budget version of it without duels yeah. not long ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, it uh, used to be that Show and Tells were about $80. Sneak Attack was close to $80 as well, so it was really hard to build before um, Conspiracy 2 and Eternal Masters came out. Eternal Masters reprinted Sneak Attack and uh, Show and Tell got reprinted in Conspiracy and really brought the price of those cards down. So the cool thing was that you can play this this really powerful combo deck by just with hopefully some cards you already own from Modern, right? But um, you get to play uh, Preordain, Brainstorm, Ponder, you know, those cards that make the format. Now, one thing you'll notice about my mana base is that I did not include uh, uh, Fetchlands. And Fetchlands are our importance deck. I think that's the first thing you should do um, with this deck is invest in fetch lands, and because this was a four hundred dollar deck, you can do that. You can be like, oh well, maybe I'll spend a, you know, uh, spend money five hundred dollars. You know, well, yeah, <laughs> you can spend you can spend less and get off color duels, right? Like you can you can play, uh, blood cl- blood.
0: uh the imayer? Say
1: imayer and and like uh, uh blood strand or pluto delta and and do that at first, but like this deck really does want you to have uh uh scolding tarns but that said it's really important to be able to uh to be able to shuffle in this deck i realized that i realized that building it but like i said I was, I was on a constraint uh as far as money was concerned i thought thought that was the best place to cut my constraints at
0: well, with brainstorm too you can always push them to the bottom with the next preordain or uh p- shuffle with a follow up ponder so yeah. it's not the absolute worst or maybe you'll discard an ember cool to something so <laughs> um, you never know but uh but yeah so so that's um i, I mean i i think that uh this is definitely something that people if you're getting into legacy might be a thing that attracts you to the format just being able to play show and tell and these big creatures and so I think that's a that's a good choice for a, for an opening deck.
1: And just to give you an idea just cuz we should have we should tell people what the price of this deck is right now um the deck that we're going to list on on the show notes is uh $411.69. That's a pretty good price as a starting point for for uh, legacy
0: I think we're using TCG Mid or TCG Market, one of those two. They're about the same, Um, so uh, you should be able to find these cards for about that price. I've seen a lot of stores actually have started using TCG Player Market price, which I think has actually dropped the aggregate price of singles by about two bucks or three bucks here and there. So that's interesting.
1: So for the next one, I actually wanted to. I'm going to do one more, and then I'm going to let Nate do two, and then we'll we'll finalize on on my last deck. Um, But so I wanted to talk about how I got into Legacy. And that was the same way I got into Modern um, with Merfolk. I took a deck that you can play in Modern, and I decided that I was going to build a Modern deck that I could eventually pour into a Legacy deck. And Merfolk is the deck that does both of those things pretty well, especially with the format. uh, Both formats where they are right now, you can take a deck that uh, basically you just have to get Wastelands and uh, Force of Wills, and basically it's almost the exact same deck.
0: You can even play it in Vintage.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, and you can definitely play it in Vintage <laughs> as well. Um so so uh, I'll go over this deck real fast. You've got uh, uh-huh. uh twelve islands, four mutivolt, four wasteland, two Mir- miru, Rigiri, um two phantasmal image, two master of the waves, two true nemesis, four curse catcher, four master of the pearl trident, four silvergill adept, four lord of Atlantis, and then the spells are three standstill. Four misdirection, still doing that same thing with Misdirection, because we're trying to b- budget down a little bit. Um, four vials, sp- two Spell Pierce, and three Days. And then the sideboard is Luan Cephalid Empress, uh, two spreading seas, two dismember, two relic of Pregenitus, two echoing truth, two vapor snag, two submerge, and two pithy needle. And that's the deck.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of interesting because I mean that's we met you know, and started playing Legacy together when you were still playing Merfolk. And the irony about what you said about getting into sta- uh, modern with it as well was that my deck at the time was the zombie deck that I thought I could play in modern and legacy and standard. So <laughs> yeah. that's uh, that's a little bit date uh, how long it's been, but um, it's interesting to see that like something like Ether Vial uh, that's now at like thirty five bucks. Yeah, um, that thing is aching for a rep- reprint. We might see that in a couple of months, that could bring the price of this deck down quite a lot. Yeah, right. Even from there, and then you could maybe do some other stuff with it.
1: I mean, again, this is so this is a deck where misdirection isn't isn't as good, I would say, because like your misdirections are there to stop your your combo opponents from killing you, but because you're a creature deck, your opponent will be trying to target y- your creatures with with uh, cards that you can misdirect to their creatures, which is kind of great. Um, it's better that like in in a meta where abrupt decay is a thing, it's really awesome.
0: Um, I was just going to say, like, it's actually not that bad, because you can misdirect Abrupt Decay, which hits your ether Vials and stuff, yep, so...
1: Yep, um, So, the deck, I mean, this is almost the exact version of the deck that I played for a very long time. Uh, one of the only differences is that I played uh, four Trudan Nemesis's Nemesai, Uh and I played, uh, I, I didn't play any Master of the Waves. Uh, aside from that, like, I had four uh, Force of Wills, and that's pretty much it. Like, the deck is pretty... You know, that, that's it. And so to give you an idea what this deck costs, this is the $500 deck. This is $507.92 at TCG mid. And if you don't own Wastelands, you can just switch up. You can save $100 right now and switch up to Ghost Quarter. It's good against a lot of the same decks.
0: Yeah, you could even do like two Wasteland, two Ghost Quarter, yeah. two Misdirection, two Force of Will, and I think you still be around 500 and something, right? So, yeah, yeah.
1: So this deck, um, this is... That might not is, be
0: quite right, but yeah.
1: This The thing about this deck is it's it's really, it's never bad. There's never, like, a time when you're playing this deck and you're like, ah, man, I just don't, like, you know, like, I bitch about Rugged Delver being, you know, like, uh, underrated a lot. Um, and, and it still does well in tournaments, but this deck, um, it's really good almost all of the time. Like, it's always, at like, tier 1-5, which is a great place for any deck to be just sitting all the time. And... If you're in a meta where you're playing a lot of Delver decks, or you're playing a lot of um, a lot of Blue decks, this is great because your opponent just really gets destroyed by what you're doing. They can't they can't kill all of your Merfolk. Like rug Delver, I used to play against this deck a lot as rug Delver, and if you can counter uh, a what's called a light a lightning bolt every now and again, you're you're golden. There's not a lot they can do. Just the one thing to be sure of is that when you're attacking with a Lord and a Lord and another creature that you don't swing in with all three because your opponent will try and kill one of the Lords, block the other Lord and let the one damage go through from like your other creature. So be yeah. a- always be aware of that when you're playing is like, don't swing in with two Lords. If you think that your opponent might like, you know, have one removal spell to kill both of your guys could just cause you think everything's unblockable.
0: I would say even from a, uh, you know, from certain perspectives, I'd, much rather play against rug delver than Merfolk sometimes, <laughs> oh, yeah right, which is kind of funny, but like um you know maybe if you're like if you think about a lot of these like bug decks that are out there right where they're trying to uh you know pick off your guys with one to one removal and they're gonna play islands and um they're not they're, they're not going to be you know they're gonna be trying to wasteland you and you're gonna be playing a bunch of basic islands like <laughs> Um, I mean, obviously, that they're gonna have their own true names and stuff like that. But you know, all that being said, like it might not be. You might. It might just be a better matchup yeah. in some cases.
1: So the other ways to build this deck, as far as like later on when you think about spending more money on it, are removing the standstills for chalices. Um, people like to do that. Uh, removing some islands and throwing in uh, cavern of souls so that you can cast things through your chalices. Um, sometimes people play play almost no islands in the deck and they play with um Mishra's factories as well with the mutavolts, which work kind of in-, in tandem with each other um but overall I prefer I prefer this this style of the deck where you play the standstills cuz standstill is a backbreaking card when when you have an aether vial
0: out Oh yeah and you're just going to draw more creatures all yeah. the time too like the chances of you like if I mean that's the one I mean the one thing about not having force is that you can't like uh play a vial, force their first guy, play a standstill, and then just sit back. Right. But you know You can do that you with can't Days. Have everything. That is true. You can do that with days. So unfortunately, uh
1: unfortunately you just can't stand still afterwards. You wouldn't have to Oh yeah that's that.
0: right. That's true. Well you could put a bunch of lotus petals in here. Maybe will be they'll turn a Merfolk spirit guide. Yeah. Um, if only
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah if only. that might happen. Um but yeah. yeah so uh Nate tell me about what you made.
0: All right. So I Came up with I, I I approach this from the perspective of like like I was talking about before. What are some interesting legacy cards that are legacy only that you can play? And uh, you had t- you had already sent me your show and tell deck, and that got me thinking about Conspiracy Two. The other big notable uh, reprint in Conspiracy Two was Berserk. Berserk was never going to be in a budget deck ever for you know a few years because it was like eighty bucks, right? Yeah. Uh, I, let me check now the market price on Berserk. Uh, I think it's something like. 10 bucks which is kind of crazy. So now you got to play the you got to play the ugly conspiracy ones. But uh you know, that's better than not playing Berserk, I guess. Yeah. It is uh 865 from conspiracy take the crown market price. Oh
1: my god. I mean,
0: yeah, for, for, as a comparison, a Liliana the Last Hope, which is a standard legal planeswalker is like $35 so you can get the set of berserks for the set of one of these standard legal planeswalkers that you need four of um So I started with that and I said, okay, well, what's good with how do we maximize berserk? Well, in fact sort of out because It's probably best as a blue-green deck which was, you know making you get into tropical island and force of will and stuff like that I did think about false cure as I mm-hmm. mentioned on the podcast times uh with a uh, kavu predator, but I eventually uh landed on landfall as an idea um because you know it was just like it was something new that i had and i sort of kind of wanted to go down the road oh, what happened if you like get like a landfall creature get a bunch of triggers on it um and then uh you can berserk it So okay so from there i said well okay what's the cheapest fetch land that the answer to that is windswept teeth uh it's about eleven dollars uh the second cheapest is wooded foothills guess what we're in we're in great shape now right we've got the green fetch lands, and uh and we've got berserk and we've got landfall triggers and so i said about building the deck um it is uh we start with the land base one dried arbor three basic forest one overgrown tomb two plains, one selesnya sanctuary which is one of those bounce lands from ravnica yep two temple garden one wasteland and then four each of windswept teeth and foothills the Creature Suite uh, and is four Deathrite Shaman, four Steplinks. I think people know what those do. Steplinks is an 0-1 from the first Zendikar for one white, uh, and Landfall trigger gets plus two, plus two. Four Scythe Leopard, which is a tr- uh, a card from the new Zendikar block that gets plus one, plus one, but it starts as a 1-1 one, one, uh, for each Landfall trigger. Then four Renegade Rallier. This uh, just came out in Aether Revolt. It is a 3-2 for one white. A green and a white. Uh, and it has revolt. When a land you control leaves the battlefield, you can, when it comes into play, if a land you control off the battlefield, you can return a permanent with converted mana cost two or less. Um, there's some pretty obvious synergies there with the fetch lands and the landfall triggers. Uh, two Knight of the Reliquary and one Kasali Pride Mage. Uh, to go with the Dried Arbor Pride Mage and two Knights, I put in three Green Sun Zenith. This also just got a reprint recently and is a good legacy card. Um, so you can accelerate definitely on turn one with the Death Rites and the Zeniths um, and the dried Arbor package. Um, and then there is a, a small uh, package of extra pump spells with the four Berserks. There's also four Ground Swell, which is um, a landfall giant growth that goes uh, plus two, plus two until end of turn, or plus four, plus four if you had landfall. Um, there's also one Become Immense. I'll talk about why there's only one in a second. And then four Swords to Plowshares, now the irony is that I kind of wanted Path to Exile because uh, this deck is an aggressive deck, and uh, um, you don't want to want to give your opponent's life when you're clearing out their blockers. Of course, Swords to Plowshares is like a dollar fifty, and uh, Path to Exile is like eleven bucks. So that's unfortunately that's not going to so work rough. in our budget. Yeah, right. Amazing, right? Um, And then there's six enchantments there for Oath of Nyssa. This is a card I've been tooling around with a little bit. Oath of Nyssa lets you sort of cheat on lands a little bit um, in that it's a a one green enchantment, legendary enchantment. When it comes into play, you look at the top three cards of your library and you can get a land creature or planeswalker. There's no planeswalkers in this deck, but you definitely want to hit lands and creatures uh, because you need to put those two things together to win. And then there are two seal of strength, which we had talked about. You and I actually is your idea. Yeah. The seal of strength uh, is uh, the is an enchantment. You sacrifice to giant growth, a creature plus three plus three, um, and it has some pretty cool synergies with uh, renegade rallier. As in, you can sacrifice it, rally it back, sacrifice it again, and give you know whatever's in the in play and a plus six plus six. Which and then with a the berserk, you're talking about plus twelve plus twelve or plus 12 plus 6 I guess but uh but yeah still um, pretty good pretty good yeah. you're not
1: really worried about the toughness of your creatures at that point
0: yeah and what's got yeah it's got trample so there you go coming across uh sideboard three containment priest three tormod's crypt three crossing grip um containment priest is not as expensive as it was the day it came out it was like 50 bucks cuz that was the day of grand Prix new jersey um i think it's like 10 or 11 bucks i just don't think there's much better that you can be doing um, to fight against show-and-tell. If you really are hard-up, you could just play Hallowed Moonlight, uh, which is the... Uh, um,
1: it's Origins, right?
0: Yeah, it's an Origins, like an instant version of Containment Priest. Also, actually, that's probably even better, because it lets you keep your Zenus in. Um, in fact, maybe you should just do that. Uh, two <laughs> Chokes. A choke is just generally like a winning card against a lot of decks. You can accelerate into it very easily. They probably have to remove it or counter it, which is good for you. Uh, and then a few one ofs One Dismember, one Scavenging Use, one Gaddic Teague, and one Sylvan Library. Uh, Sylvan Library just got a reprint, brought it down to about 10 bucks. Scavenging Use and Gaddic Teague are good Zenith targets in certain matchups. Uh, and then a Dismember, uh, just for the, a little extra removal against decks like Eldrazi and stuff like that. So I put this deck together. I goldfished it a few times. Um, I, I just... so. There, the other option for, was just to build some sort of aggressive deck that had become immense in Berserk, you know, sort of four of each as the uh, combo, and I think that is possible, especially with a card like Vessel of Decency already existing that'll let you fill your graveyard. Yeah. Um, but by the time I had gone pretty far down this road, I decided I really wanted Rallyer, and, and I had taken out the Knights for a while um, and put in more become immense and more Pride Mages, but I found myself in just testing, like occasionally, like having a zenith and like no other cards in hand, and just like, okay, what's the biggest, you know, the biggest thing I can get here would be a rallier, which I don't really want. I want something even bigger, yeah. a knight with all your fetch lands. Then the knight can get your wasteland, uh, the knight can get your bounce land, and then bounce bounces things. You get more landfall triggers. It is a landfall trigger. So it's, that, it all seemed pretty,
1: uh, not to mention suggest. knights, knights, two landfall triggers if you, uh, if you do it right.
0: Knight is two landfall triggers. Yep, you can get a fetch land with Knight. So, um, so that was the deck I came up with. Uh, I hope some people try it out or and maybe can refine it. I think there's definitely like room for improvement. Um, I, Renegade Rallyer is really good. <laughs> that was what I learned. That yeah. thing's a three two anyway. So like, you know, if you've already either gotten in with something or someone sort of sniffed out what you're doing and they're and they're just burning their removal on your, you know crappy little one ones not only could you probably get them back depending on what your hand looks like but uh then all of a sudden you drop this three two which is a you know kind of a pretty significant clock mm-hmm. um you know at that point in the game i found that step links was easily the best card in the deck you know generally if i like played some sort of ramp on turn one played the step links on turn two you could win on turn three
1: is there <laughs> another card that's like, that's exactly the same? Loam Lion, right? That's not the same thing as Steplinks, is it?
0: No, Lomelion's Lion's just a white Curd Ape. Okay. Um, unfortunately, the only other, li- I mean, they must have learned from Steplinks, which I heard was a terror in like Zendikar Limited. Um, but uh, I never played Zendikar Limited, so I can't say for sure, but I've heard it was. Scythe Leopard is a 1 1 for 1 that only gets plus 1 plus 1 instead of plus 2 plus 2. Um There's also, I think there's a landfall equipment, so you could have gone. There's like a potentially you could just have a stone forge package in here, and then just stick the uh, landfall equipment in there as part of the package if you got a lot of fetches. But, um, you know, we're just going for budget here, and I thought that uh, this deck was actually the one I tried to get the savannas in it, (laughs) Um, and it just it just wasn't going to work out with the savannas. I think they were like seventy bucks, and you know, that's a lot of card
1: in a budget deck.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it was just way too much, and like I said, like, if you shock yourself early on, you know, but you're going to swing for 18 on turn 3, like, the two life isn't really going to make that big of a difference.
1: Yeah, the nice thing about being – so, in budget, the nice thing about, like, what you're worried about is, like, you want to be an active deck, a very proactive deck, and so if you're a proactive deck, that means that you're not worried about your opponent beating you, you're worried about beating your opponent – and shocklands are fine in that scenario. You know, if you're if you want to play burn in this format and you can uh, and you own the fetches for the deck and you have shocklands that, like you want to splash a color for or something like that, you know, like a blue red delver or something like that, you can do that cuz you're an aggressive deck. Your opponent's not going to beat you before you beat him or your life totals are relevant if they are, you know.
0: Yeah. And I think that the interesting thing about just like straight up budget decks is to consider where people who are playing budget magic are coming or budget legacy are coming from um they might have like a full modern collection which would include all the fetch lands you know yeah 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 of course and the fetch lands are also especially the the zendikar fetch lands are really tough on your on your wallet um the uh the, the cons ones and onslaught ones aren't so bad but the the obviously the zendikar ones are really hard like i couldn't even get an arid mesa into this deck as like yeah. a ninth land <laughs> that's cool. why I with, yeah that's why i went with the slesnia sanctuary um so uh, but yeah, I I, uh, I had a lot of fun play testing this deck. I might actually try and build it online uh, when I get a few more paychecks in, and see if it goes anywhere. Maybe I can get some videos up for everybody. But uh, but yeah. So um, so that came in at like 400 and oh no, actually it's under three. It's under 400 now. It was like three uh, three sixty something. I want to say. Nice. Let me see if I can call it up on Tapped Out here. Um, of course I did that. Then I did a bunch of stuff with my kids and I was trying to make another deck and I forgot that it was 400, not 500. So this one's uh 505. Um, but I basically took the, the mono or mostly black deck that I've been, uh, that I've been talking about on the cast for the past couple weeks and just budgeted it out. And that was actually also an experiment in how do you budget out a deck, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to read this whole list, um, but I want to talk about some of the swaps I made and how I did that. Um, obviously number one was there was two bayous in the deck. Those became overgrown tombs. So I think I started, I looked at the total price. It was like 1400 and I'm like, okay, let's get this down to 500. We got to get $900 out of this deck, right? Yeah. Well, the That's bayous easy had way to do go.
1: it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, immediately bayous come out. Okay, great. Next Liliana, the veil. There was, I had four of them. I cut them all and I made I put in the gatekeeper of Malakir again, um, as, uh, as an edict effect. Next was the hand disruption. Thoughtseize was uh just way too much. Like it was an even Inquisition so close to Thoughtseize, I just made it four duress. Um and it's four duress and now three Cabal Therapy and two Him to Torak I actually did not have Him to Torak in my original deck, um, which may be wrong, but uh I I felt that. In this case, you could probably duress them on turn one. Sometimes they're playing uh, Death and Taxes, and that's going to suck. Other times, they're going to be playing Storm, and you could probably duress into therapy, and that might be the end of the game, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, get, you know, Then you get something down. Um, so, okay, so I went from there to uh, the Sensei's Divining Tops. I took – that had three of them in the deck. I took them all out. I put in two Phyrexian Arena, and I added a fourth Gifted Aetherborn. Uh, so that I had a little bit more life gain. Uh, the next thing I did was since I did not have the tops, I cut two fetch lands. I had six, I cut two of them. Uh, I put in four Bloodstained Mire, which is the cheapest black fetch land, um, and added another Overgrown Tomb. Though that might be wrong. I end up with and I bumped up the swamps from four to six. So I did all that, and I was still able to keep in the deck four Dark Confidant. Um, Two Chromox, four Wasteland, uh, and I'm and I'm pretty happy with that. I think that like you got to sort of what does my deck need to do? You know, it needs to like, you know, just do something on turn one. Uh, it needs to be able to sort of hit its land drops, which is why the Chrome Moxes are so important. And uh, and it's kind of interesting. Like if you have, I went from you know the four Lilianas to having three Gatekeepers and two Hymns. You know,
1: yeah,
0: and that's almost sort of the same in a way. I know that doesn't that doesn't sound right exactly, but um, you know, sometimes Liliana, you you discard, you know, you're making a discard, and then him is good, just as just as good in the short term. And sometimes it's an edict, and Gatekeeper hits you with the edict too. So, um, in terms of like, well, you know, you got three overgrown tombs, Phyrexian Arena, and I took out uh, Bazaar's GTA, which was a life gaining card. I think a lot of the time you can if you really need the overgrown tomb which is only for some sideboard cards there's three erupti k's in the sideboard and a uh, cross and grip um you can you don't really need to fetch for overgrown tomb on turn one in fact, uh, sometimes it's probably in bad
1: to do that because you want to kind of save that for later on when you actually need the, the green mana right
0: that's exactly right like that's that's how i've been playing the deck like i don't really necessarily want green unless i'm playing against like actual miracles you know <laughs> Um, you also don't and, want to
1: tell the show them that you have the ability to like get rid of their stuff, you know. Like, yeah, if you know, people see black and the first thing that they think, I'm I'm old school. When you see black mono black deck, you're like, my artifacts are safe,
0: right? Yeah, and they are in game one for sure. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, 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 I have the decays in the sideboard just in case you really run into some problematic artifacts, and I did that mostly because um, I felt that. Uh, just having the surprise factor in the post-board games would be better than, you know, it might not always matter in turn one as much as like having an abrupt decay in turn one or in the first game and then getting wasted off greenwood, you know? Yeah. So, um, the other big, uh, the other big, um, budget change that I made I had to make rather which is kind of funny just that I could not have engineered explosives those went up yeah, a, a, were a ton <laughs> yeah so there's two ratchet bombs in the sideboard instead of engineered explosives and I also cut
1: fine for what you're trying to do with, with uh with engineered explosive truthfully
0: yeah um, exactly, and uh, I also cut the surgical extraction, just put in more fairy macabre. So that was how I I uh, changed the mono Black deck. Uh, we'll I'll, you know we'll post all the lists, and you can compare and contrast the differences. But um, I, I I played with the idea of just getting rid of dark confidant. I just felt like it's it's so important to the deck. It's almost like not even worth trying to get it out to take it out of the deck. Then it was just the whole thing just falls apart. And there's just so many more analogs for things like Thoughtseize, and even Liliana, like there's other edict and discard effects. There's nothing like Bob other than a Phyrexian arena, and I wanted those too, so uh you know so there there's you
1: another card as far as budget alternatives are concerned uh when you're considering cards like um uh what's called a uh, Wretched bomb that uh also are are not the worst um one of those is super cheap, like I'm talking maybe a dollar um uh-huh. and that's powder keg,
0: yeah, actually. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point about Powder Keg. It also... Um, I gotta look up Powder Keg now.
1: So, Powder Keg, uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a fuse counter on Powder Keg, and you can sacrifice Powder Keg to destroy each artifact and creature with a converted mana cost equal to the fuse counters on Powder Keg. So it's slightly slower than uh, the Ratchet Bomb, but it can be used on the first turn. It's the same speed, truthfully, because... Yeah, um, it's the same speed. You, you know, you're, you, you put a counter on the next turn, um you can't blow up the the uh ratchet bomb the turn you get it out anyhow um so it's the exact same speed um and and that's that's a dollar 18 um i don't know what ratchet bomb is ratchet bomb's probably like two dollars
0: i think it was two dollars i think that's what i saw Boy, i hope that wasn't the magic online price hold on a second oh yeah it's 50 cents on low so it's less
1: than that so okay i take it all back the The more expensive one is is powder keg. Maybe you need multiple. Maybe you want to play eight ratchet bombs in your deck.
0: Yeah, or maybe you want to. You maybe you want to uh, keep your uh, enchantments alive.
1: Or I mean, pithing needle is a card that you do have to worry about with ratchet bombs. So if you play a mix of the two, you know, essentially the exact same card.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, in that case, I'll just pass it back to you for the final deck.
1: Yeah. So the final deck. Uh, is a budget reanimator deck and so reanimator is a fun it used to be a really hard deck to to uh build as at a budget one because uh Grizzlebrand was pretty expensive and Grizzlebrand's probably still the most expensive card in the deck at like what thirty dollars are they 30 um, bucks let's let's find out real fast I, I i don't remember off the top of my head but Grizzlebrand is is
0: no it's like 10 bucks
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, so there we go. Yeah, Grizzlebrand is, yeah, Grizzlebrand's $12. So that, Grizzlebrand's come down in price since they reprinted them. Um, And the other card that was really expensive back in the day was Iona's Shield of Ameria. And between the two reprints, there was one in a Modern Master set, and then there was one also in the, um, what's it called? The the Angels. Angels. Uh, So that brought that card down way, 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 way down in price. So now your uh, reanimation targets are much cheaper. Um, And now you're looking at spells like, um, Exume, uh, sorry, not Exume, uh, spells like Entomb and Show and Tell that were sort of expensive and they got reprinted. So they came back down too. Um, right.
0: Uh, unfortunately the reanimate went up a lot.
1: (laughs) Reanimate. Yeah. Reanimate's like $20 now.
0: Yeah. Um, it was probably like eight bucks before. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't
1: the worst. It It doubled in price. But, like, you, so much of the deck went down in price that it wasn't that big of a deal. So, uh, to give you an idea, we're playing 16 lands. We have 5 islands, 5 swamps. We're playing fetch lands in this one. 4 polluted deltas, and we're playing 2 watery grave. Uh, this is a deck where, again, like I said, you're being proactive. You're getting stuff out. And, yes, reanimate hurts you. You'll eventually want to get up to uh, underground seas. But reanimate doesn't hurt you enough that having a 7-7 lifelink creature... Generally, will lose you the game uh, for putting that in for eight life. You know, like that uh, Grizzlebrand. Once he's in play, he's pretty he's pretty stalwart. Um, yep. So uh, the other cards here are uh, Sphinx of the Steelwind, another life link card. I, I did that because we don't have the Underground, so I was like, oh, let's get another life link uh, card. Uh, Blazing Archon, Shield of Emeria, Sire of Insanity. This was a budget alternative to um, other options you could have had uh for reanimate targets but i i really like siren sanity in a, in a budget deck because um you just determine the pace of the game against your opponent at that point if he doesn't top mm-hmm. deck or have it now he loses um so then there's grave titan and then we have three grizzle brand um three duress one show and tell again like i said show and Tell's on the cheap right now so so it's a good call um for misdirection again i i like switching misdirections with the force of wills and decks like this because like i said you're you're being proactive you're not trying to worry about stopping your opponent from doing something you're doing something and trying to stop your opponent from stopping you um four lotus pedal four brainstorm four days four exhume four reanimate four careful study four entomb. tomb so and like i said in tombs come down in price a lot reanimate might have gone up um is is still relatively cheap to find careful studies not hard to find if you go online you can easily find them um and then the sideboard is i didn't really have to do a lot to to make my sideboard um budget friendly i put in three more show and tells if your opponent has graveyard hate you bring in show and tells three echoing truth uh two dispel, three massacre because i like to get opponents off of thalia and and massacre is a free card that gets your opponent off of thalia Two Disfigure for whatever other creature that you're going to have to deal with. Um, probably, like, Death Rite Shaman or whatnot. And two Collective Brutality. And Collective Brutality is one of the more expensive cards right now, I think. What is it, like, $7, $8?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: So, uh, this this deck is, I mean, you know, like, this is... All you're doing is casting draw spells, pitching ca- creatures in your graveyard, casting reanimate or exhume, and you just need to be able to be more resilient than your opponent. So... Um, this is, this deck is only, uh, let's see here, uh, $379. You can easily upgrade this deck, uh, for, for, uh, the other, what, $120. You can get thought seizes. You can, uh, you know, you can, uh, take out more your islands lands. and swamps, go with more fetchlands. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot, there's, you've got a lot of room for, if you're going up to the $500 mark to make this deck really good. And this is the kind of deck that crushes people. Um. Uh. Without fed. Without duels, you don't need duels to make this deck work. And and you can get one duel, and it'll feel like you actually have as many duels as you need. Uh. Upgrades I would make to this deck immediately as soon as you get a chance to. I would add green so that you can throw three abrupt decays in the sideboard. Um. So you. I would say pl- uh the polluted deltas and maybe uh other fetch lands are first. Right. Get the other fetch lands, but. Um, I would say probably more important than getting underground seas is getting uh, Bayous. Get a bayou, and you'll you'll be able to like uh, have have that option. Yeah, um, and bayou is like only what a hundred and fifty dollars as opposed to three hundred for a for an underground.
0: Yeah, bayou was a fever dream in trying to <laughs> to uh, make a budget deck, but yes, it is it is significantly less than. Uh, um... The other, the other duels its market price is 16972 uh tropical island i think is the cheapest blue duel. and it is not loading because of my internet well, am i still see. connected to you <laughs> let's
1: see here there yeah. we go okay tropical um, island revised uh so 193 I'm, oh okay so you can yeah you can find i'm it looking it. at market price yeah, yeah. and amazon is showing it for 178 so Um, you know, it's, it's out there and that's not a bad option either. Is like, just get a tropical Island or get a Bayou. My personal preference, if you can afford to get a tropical Island and it's about the same price as a Bayou, go for the Trop. Um, you know, you'll be able to use that later if you decide to play Infect or something like that. You know, Trop is a great card to throw in a deck if you want to play, uh, Ancient Grudge, you know, Splash for Ancient Grudge. There's the green at being able to add green to your blue deck helps with a couple of sideboard options. Um so yeah that's that's what we're looking at as far as the budget lists are concerned uh I'm trying to think I mean for me, I guess the lesson you can learn from me is that uh for three dollars, misdirection makes a fine force of will if you're not a control deck
0: right, and that's that is and something that we could you know I'll about a little bit is like there are certain archetypes where you just hit hit a bottleneck right mm-hmm. like you know you real there's nothing like Lion's Eye Diamond, right?
1: Yeah. I mean there's no there's no card that's an analog to that card at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately now there are but you know, if there's a situational force of will in misdirection, which is good in both the decks you mentioned because it can either misdirect the uh, thing that's gonna remove the big creature you put into play, or it can misdirect the counter spell that was targeting the cheat spell, right? Yeah, exactly. But you couldn't say, for example, one thing I, I had thought about was well, could we play like blue white blue white stone blade with that uh, prairie stream, right, and a bunch of basic lands? But you really need the force of will there. Yeah,
1: force of will is so important in a deck like that because you're not winning before your opponent. You know, at least not before your opponent tries once or twice. You know, like you really need misdirection. You need you need cards that are going to stop your opponent from from winning before you get to do your own plan.
0: It's possible that I even uh, didn't go far enough down the road of just trying to like. Put misdirections instead of force of will into infect, and then going that that might have just been enough.
1: Well, the thing with infect is that so let so if we just like let's pull up an infect deck in in modern right like let's go into modern and just see yep. right like the, what's the metagame like in modern right now? Uh, I don't know if Can infect we even is find in it in Yeah, if, if infect is is even up there to to check out. Unfortunately, it doesn't it doesn't seem like there is uh, anything. In, in that thing, but let's go to MTG uh, top eight and see if we can find an, an older one. Just to just to get a quick idea, because I'm pretty sure that, oh, I found one. Here we go. Yeah, what's the price?
0: Seven twenty four nineteen.
1: Yeah, that's not budget, <laughs> you know. And that's where you're losing your your uh, uh what's it called uh you 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 can get a, gain a little bit in budget by switching from some of the like Might of Old or whatever over to um the much better. Uh, what's it called, Uh, Invigorate. But, like, you know, you've got to play... That's a deck that really wants you to play eight fetches. Um,
0: Actually, the list I'm looking at has... is tough. I was going to say, not only does the list I'm looking at doesn't even have Misty Rainforest, which I thought was immediately hilarious. I was like, well, why is it still so expensive? The answer is Noble Hierarch. That's the other thing. Yeah, Noble uh,
1: Hierarch is a card that, like... And it's hard to... Like, you can't just be like, oh, well, I'll play Birds of Paradise instead. Unfortunately, Noble Hierarch is pretty important in that deck. Um, you need you need the uh, th- that creature to push your guys uh, a little bit further. Um,
0: and it, I remember thinking with the Landfall deck, oh, would this be better than Noble Hierarch? Well, one Deathrite Shaman is just way better. In many other situations and the other thing is like sometimes you want to get two landfall creatures out and then spam your lands right yeah so if you've got like two step links is uh, you want to attack with two creatures which takes Noble Hierarch right off the table anyway yeah yeah um, so yeah I guess ignore what I just said about maybe we didn't go far enough looking into effects but I guess with like Noble Hierarch and and Ink Moth Nexus that's more than three hundred dollars right there
1: yeah I mean if you if you own those you can definitely build a budget version of of Infect. It's not it's not hard to do. Um, I did it myself. Uh, like l- one of the things we were saying, Berserk is cheap right now. If you can play a Berserk deck, um, you should. That's a fun card, man. That's just a great Magic card, and it just it, you know where you're at with that with that card. But like you've got you've got like Blossoming Defense is actually probably playable in uh, Legacy Infect at this point.
0: Um, oh, I've been playing it in that Legacy Rug Berserk deck I've been playing. Yeah, yeah, great <laughs> card. Um, Actually, I don't even have, I have the Force of Wills on the sideboard of that deck. I don't even have them in the main deck. Um, and just, like, because Abrupt Decay is encounterable anyway. Yeah. So blossoming Defense is better. So Yeah, anyway. of
1: course. And, and Misdirection in that scenario is probably better. The thing with Infect and in Force of Will slash Misdirection is, like, with Infect, you have uh, Dazes and you have Forces and you have uh, access to Spell Pierce. You may or may not play them but you're also good against other combo decks, and you're slightly slower than other combo decks. So um, the idea is like, yeah, you're you're going to try and beat your opponent before he beats you, but other combo decks are, are generally faster than you. So you kind of need the Force of Wills there.
0: Yeah, I mean, something like Reanimator is, is a tough matchup for, in fact, even in decks like, decks like Elves, um, which I think you can sort of make budget easily by only having one cradle or playing uh Nick Those to Nicks and then running a bunch of crop rotations or something like that. Um, you know, Elves struggles against other combo decks, but it's good against mid range decks, you know, and that's sort of where Infect is, where Infect makes it so that people are are sort of loath to put a clock out on you because they don't want ever want to tap out. And uh you know, uh so I guess it depends on sort of what your metagame is and what you've got available. But yeah, like, if you already have Noble Hierarchs and Ink Moth nexuses, um, by all means, like, you know, trying it with misdirections or borrowing just the forces and playing bre- or breeding pools is probably just fine.
1: Yeah. and one of the There's even I a
0: sh- Blue Green Fastland now.
1: That's true. One of the things I should mention also is that, so uh, Nathan and I are always talking about uh, this concept of, like, an Eternal format that is, like, basically not cards that are on the reserve list a lot of these decks are really close to that actually a lot of these decks would be playable in in like this fake like you know frontier-esque like between modern and legacy format that we that we were like uh goofing around about so like that's you know not that it's something to think about in buying these decks but um you know th- that's sort of the idea of like budget legacy is like if you take the cards that are super expensive because you can't actually reprint them out of the format you end up with decks that are similar like s- similar to these and they're still pretty good against other legacy decks
0: yep definitely um do you want to wrap it up and talk about anything is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up this podcast as i should have said um yeah, we well, talked a little bit about Narnam Renegade last week, so just Yeah, while I, de- I
1: definitely think that we should talk about Narnam Renegade. Uh before we go into Narnam Renegade, I should mention to everybody that we're on Patreon right now. Uh we have a Patreon up at uh patreon.com/eternaldurtles and uh so, you know, we're we're into what episode 27 now, I think. Um so we've we've been pretty pretty good at trotting along and uh kind of being consistent with the podcast. And so if you want to you want to help us keep keep that going and uh, you know, help us uh, keep uh, giving you guys great content. You know, we we always appreciate you guys hooking us up over at Patreon. We've got some cool uh, ideas as far as prizes and stuff we'll be giving out in the future. Uh, and, you know, there's some rewards there already. So that's something to just to give everyone a heads up about. Um, if not, we'll still be giving you guys great content anyhow. though. Right, exactly. Um, so Narn and Remigade, right? Yeah. Um, what did you think? I, you know... I, so I played the deck. I, uh, you guys saw uh, the the. If you didn't see it, you can go back uh, to last week's podcast and look at the show notes, and uh, the list is in there. I went one and two with the deck, and you know it was a very. I played against two bug decks and one uh, blue red Delver deck. Um, so there was a lot of removal out there, and it was apparent. You know, I felt like yeah, I I would have just been happier in that particular scenario with uh gooses and true names over the goyfs and the um the renegades but the th- renegade and the goif together with uh, i threw in two green sunsiness as well so it allowed me to have this sort of situation where i could decide how i wanted to play against my opponent and i could sort of play defensively or offensively depending um and i'll tell you um none renegade was a card my opponent had to waste removal on um Either because he didn't, he wanted to get through with his voice or because um, I was attacking with a, a you know a Curd Ape every turn that he didn't feel like blocking.
0: Right, and I think that's sort of where the card shines a little bit. Uh, I think that you know what I had said was like, would you take a card that does two damage to your opponent every turn and then sacrifice, destroy target, attacking your blocking creature? <laughs> right. Yeah. I think you'd take that card. Um, I mean, obviously they have to actually play into it, um, but yeah, I, I thought about the card as well in Zoo. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to play since we talked uh, last, but um, I love the Green Sun Zenith. I always thought, I always felt that card was underplayed in Delver decks just because it's like uh, a way to flip Delver with a creature.
1: Yeah, if you only know? Delver Secrets was like Simic, one Simic, you know, like oh, yeah.
0: Could oh. you imagine?
1: Yeah. Oh, it'd be so great. <laughs> Uh unfortunately, uh yeah, the 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 weird thing was that because I played against so many decks that were so removal heavy, um they just kinda had to wait until they got removal for my guy and then they could attack through with whatever they wanted. Which was sort of a bummer. Um But
0: that almost is almost the same thing with, with Mongoose, depending, you know, depending on what they want to attack through yeah. with, right? If it's Tarmogoyf or True Name Nemesis, well I guess True Name Nemesis doesn't matter. Like yeah, it doesn't matter if it's right anyway. Care. But with with um, true name
1: at least, so I'm never going to attack into a true name with either one of those creatures. But with true name, um, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do about uh the, that creature on the other side of the board in rug, right? But mm-hmm. um, if you have Narnum Renegade and you hold it back, and your opponent's playing true name and some other creatures, at least you have the ability to be like, all right, you know, you're not getting through with anything else, and you know that I'm blocking your thing, you know,
0: yeah,
1: um. It just, it's weird in a deck where I'm playing two creatures that my opponent can't target and two creatures that my opponent can target because they're just going to waste the removal on the thing they're allowed to target.
0: It's one of those tough, yeah, it's one of those tough balancing acts with Shroud or Hexproof, right? Like, if you play, even with True Name, it does the same thing where it's like, well, I'm just going to kill, if I see like a Noble Hierarch, um... Or, uh, you know, like a bunch of double hierarchies of Death Rhyme just like, well, I'm just going to kill these and then, you know, because I have to have an edict effect for True Name anyway. Yeah. just need to get everything else off the table. There's no, like, I'm saving this up for whatever, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I I think that it's interesting. I think you said you, I think you told me you lost to the blue-red deck and then went one to one against the bug decks. Yeah. I feel like the bug decks are more susceptible to this card anyway, even though Fatal Push exists, I know, Mm -hmm. but, like, then they have to use it on this thing like yep. they you know there's no like i could wait um yeah with the blue red deck it's just a matter of who who draws their l- more lightning bolts and that's going to be them
1: yeah it was so. it was with the blue red deck i went one and two against him and it really was like who won the coin flip but he did so he got me yeah um the, the thing i will say about rug delver right now um because you know with more creature decks coming into the pile and stuff like that, um, you know, switching your flex slots over to Chain Lightnings is maybe not a bad idea. Also, stifle is so good.
0: Yeah. It a- really should a- be.
1: There was a play where I um I was playing against Tony, uh Tony Loman, and um he cast uh he cast something and I was able to daze it, right? And then I cast a Truno Nemesis and he uh immediately was like awesome. So he plays uh Liliana and I'm like, all right, resolves, and he, you know, goes to tick down Liliana and I'm like stifle, and he was just like, uh, uh, oh yeah, this is the worst because I couldn't, you know, like with the, if your opponent has a deathrite Shaman out, stifling his fetchlands is 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 a fool's game. You shouldn't be doing that. Your opponent's gonna cast whatever he wants to cast. So now you have to find ways to to make your stifles work for you. And one of them is just knowing that the only way they can get rid of your true name is with, uh, their Liliana and just being like, no, I've killed, I basically killed his Liliana with my stifle, you know, I let him time walk for a turn of me not attacking him with the, uh, true name, but after, you know, that's how I got him both games was like stopping him from being able to, um, effectively deal with me through, like, even though he had the, had the mana in, in the, uh, what's called? The Deathrite Shaman. I was able to um, pressure him with the dazes and the spell pierces, and just got him with the stifle. You know, they can't be ever vigilant with with stuff like that. So they eventually they have to do something, or you're gonna kill them. So it was. Uh, they were really hard games to play against him, but they were really, uh, you know that's that's what you want to see when you're playing a rug Delver deck is like you know using. Using ingenuity to figure out how to make your stifle work in a situation where it kind of shouldn't.
0: Right. Well, I can't argue with you there. I uh, I think Stifle's a card that I just have a ton of trouble playing. I just I'm just not good at, not good with it. You, you have to <laughs> so prioritize I tend to...
1: it as like a, a a plan that you're on. It's not even like I'm not even I don't even think of myself as a rug Delver deck. I'm a rug stifle deck.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like you're you're playing stifle you're committing to it right so that really sort of rewards your your spidey sense in a way right when, oh, you, yeah. when you choose not to when you choose not to do something and instead hold up stifle because yeah, it has such a narrow range of targets but it usually it, it's always such a blowout when it pays off
1: that that right? like turn one when you open when you get an opener that's like some la- like two lands brainstorm ponder stifle or like no brainstorm right ponder stifle and delver and you're like do I throw down Delver on turn one and just watch it get bolted? Or do I stifle my opponent on his first turn and then play Delver or play Ponder on the next turn? And the generally the right answer there is almost always stifle. Like, hold up stifle. It'll be worth it if you time walk your opponent. If you don't, you're going to be able to use the stifle later. Um, and your opponent's always left guessing. Like, do, do I play around the stifle here? You know, like if they see one stifle, they assume your hands just full of stifles for the rest of the game. Like and, and that's a great way to play around. It's play. a tilting
0: yeah tilting card. Yeah. <laughs> it is super tilting. Not I, not gonna
1: <laughs> I definitely got a classic Tony Loman. ah you got me. Yeah. You know, when I got it when I when I was able to stifle the Liliana, he almost like flipped his flipped his cards over. He's just like this Liliana goes into the pile of cards that is my graveyard to the side. Yeah. <laughs> right, as, as you do if you're Tony Loman.
0: Right. Uh, well, I uh, I played a little bit of Magic Online this week. I built. oh uh, well, first of all, I, I think I I tried that Duretti deck again. I made some changes to it, uh, and it still sucks. So <laughs> I scrapped it. It was too bad. It's it was really fun, and I was I won more games. Really, the big change was that I put in a bunch of Sorin Lord of Innistrad's. Um Wow. And uh, I mean, like. Oh, I also bought a Heart of Kirin online, which felt terrible because it's $20, you know, for a standard card that is isn't real. But may or may not saw, actually
1: be good in this format.
0: Yeah, but uh, and luckily I, I think I lost like 60 cents on it by the time I sold it back. Um, but uh, yeah, so I played Heart of Kirin, I wanted more Planeswalkers, uh, Sword of Lord of Innistrad ticks up to make dudes, which is really good with Heart of Kirin and your... And uh, all the vehicles, I put in a couple more vehicles, uh, Sphere Harvester, which is a lifelink vehicle. Um, but I just, you know, I, I always was like one turn behind being able to sort of turn things around. Yeah. Uh, so I scrapped it, and then I decided to build a black-red aggro deck that I've tried in the past. So uh, this deck uses the engine from, or what used to be the engine from the Death Shadow Zoo deck in Modern, which is four Mishra's Baubles, four Street Wraith, and four Gataxian Probe. So you basically have these 12 cards that, um, that, you know, draw you a card for free. Uh, so it's that, and then it's a bunch of black and red lands. I actually have four bad lands and four, uh, black cleave cliffs, which is the fast land. Um, and then only one blood crypt, and then a few fetch lands. Um, and then the creatures, it's, it's got four death shadow, um, cause that's part of the, the engine. Yeah. Uh four young pyromancer, two Gurmag Angler, in addition to the four street Rates, Um and then for the spells, uh four Thought four Cabal Therapy, four lightning bolt, um, and then a few two of just sort of like random, like I want a little bit more, disca- or want a little bit more disruption, I want a little bit more reach, so there's a couple chain lightnings. Um I think there's I think I had two Him to Torox. Um But and I had two reanimate with the idea of like Sometimes your first turn is going to be cycle Street Wraith, reanimate Street Wraith. What are you going to do, <laughs> right? Um, so I took it through a league, and I went 3-2 and two in the league, which felt really good after going 0-5 in the previous league, which won me another league entry. Um, and in that second league, I went 0-5. I, I was up pretty late. And it was really brutal. I think I was texting you like, I have 16 lands in this deck look at this picture yeah. and i had like when i have like three lands in play and oh, six in close. my hand yeah. yeah it was so bad i kept uh i kept dying with like tons of land in my hand um but uh i uh so at that point i decided that i oh i was i was either dying with too many lands in my hand or i wasn't drawing enough lands so i made a few cuts and ended up putting four death rights in the deck um <laughs> which uh, just solved all my problems and I went three, two in the next league. So winning back my entry is, is important. Um, people get really, I can, I can just sort of like see the steam coming out of someone's ears from afar. When you do like just totally random stuff (laughs) against them, like like reanimate street wraith, The, 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 the best was like I was two and two in this league, and I'm playing the last round. I'm like I just need to win this, and I was we were one and one in the in the in matches. And the opponent was playing sort of like one of those like bug mid range decks, you know, and and I'm like I had to mulligan. I'm like all right, let's see what you got. And he fetches underground. See, I'm like ah, oh, here comes a death right. It was pithing needle on Mishra's bobble. <laughs> oh. Uh, but I didn't have any vicious bobbles in my hand. I just had two street wraiths, so I cycled them. Uh, cycled them at the end of his turn. Actually, I cycled in response to the pithy needle in case he knew to name street wraith, which he didn't, um, obviously. Uh, I cycled them in response to his pithy needle, um, which fixed my hand pretty nicely. Uh, untapped, reanimated one. He had a swamp out. A street wraith has swamp walk, um, and then with between the discard and removal that I had in my deck, and the way his hand shaped up. The Street Wraith went the distance. Unblockable.
1: I mean, Street Wraith's no joke because a 3-4 Swamp Walk creature, not, not as imposing as you would think initially, and then you realize it can't be bolted, and Swamp Walk's not nothing.
0: It can't be bolted or abrupt decayed or fatally pushed. Yeah, um, it could be swords, but I haven't seen a swords to plowshares other than miracles for a long time. This black red deck just eats Delver decks for breakfast. I, I, I remember I actually built it in paper a while ago and was testing against uh, my friend Rob Kulari, who um, you know moved to Europe. But before he moved to Europe, we were I w- we were just testing some fun decks, and he was playing Rugged Delver as sort of like our stock deck, and I just like kept destroying him with this uh, with this red deck. That was before Fatal Push was printed and gave, you know, a little bit extra removal for cards like Tarmogoyf. So, so, uh, I was pretty, I was pretty happy about that. It felt really good. (laughs) There's a lot of street, or sorry, there's a lot of, uh, beta push triggers with the Mishra's baubles too, and a few fetch lands and stuff like that. So, uh, anyway, that's what I, that was my magic weekend.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty ridiculous actually.
0: Well, I'll get the, I'll get the list to you for the show notes via, something we can put up there that's actually a good budget magic online deck i think it was 117 dollars or 170 dollars something like that yeah, so when bad. i when i put it into goldfish just to uh see what it looks like so
1: cool well yeah it looks like we're we're up at about an hour so far so it's probably a good time to cut it for the cut it for the week um you know i'm, I'm thinking next week we should try and come up with uh some other assignment for ourselves. So we'll uh you know, uh if if you uh, listen to the podcast, you should definitely tweet at us. Uh I'm at Dirtlemagus. Nate is at Nathan Golia. Uh we also have uh a Twitter now. What's the Twitter Nate?
0: Uh it's just Eternal Dirtles was not taken on Twitter. Amazing.
1: <laughs> Great. So you can tweet uh, yeah. at Eternal Dirtles. We'll see it. And um, you know, maybe we'll pick somebody's uh concept out for for us to to do a little brewing. Uh, this coming up week. So, uh, yep. you know, hit us up.
0: Yep. You can also, I'll be posting on Reddit under Eternal Dirtles Cast. Uh, when the podcast is posted, we'll be checking that as well. So, awesome. uh, multiple social media handles, which would Sweet us.
1: Cool. Uh, so, I think that's it for this week. All
0: right. Have a good night. Have a good one. Stop, stop, animals, stop. Can animals, to up with the Joneses. Stop,
1: stop, animals, stop. I don't need more stuff, it's I go. He's it up with the Joneses. i keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. All right. Where does he get those wonderful toys?